Welcome to Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Episode 176. Get pretty far into that. We're going to hit 200 soon. That's um, we are. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Um, Colin, I, I have a question for you before we uh, we kick off talking here. I think one of the fun things we're going to talk about here tonight is that we've added freshmen to our ranking database so over the next week or two. Every one of the rankers here at C2C will start adding them in. Um, so you'll start seeing uh, those pop up. I know popular demand from everybody there. I want to ask you about a particular prop bet that I'm seeing already pop up for the Super Bowl. Okay. And this is like the biggest suckers bet I've ever seen in my life. Oh, boy. It's this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey to propose to her. After the nah. game is over on the field, the, the, the bet says like mm-hmm. must be on the field after the game. The emphasis. Um, I believe it's like plus plus one ninety or something for yes. Mm. They're baiting you. There's no way. There's no, no. way. Right? Well, first of all, we don't even know that she's necessarily going to be at the Super Bowl. She has a concert in Japan Saturday. Now, Japan is 12 hours behind. So that kind of makes up for the flight. There's going to be like a 12 hour ish flight. 12 hours behind or ahead? Ahead, sorry. The, the, the time zone and the flight basically cancel each other out. So theoretically, she should be able to get in um, to Vegas in time to make a game if she really wanted to. But we don't even know if she's necessarily going to be there. You don't think she's going to go to her. So, okay, here's the other I question. Think she will. Felix and I, I don't think we've actually ever dis- like debated this with each other, but I've seen him hint at it, and I, I feel like I feel the opposite. Um, do you think this is like a um, commercial uh, relationship, that that's the only, like it's not a real relationship. It's just for like the cameras and for the NFL to sell stuff and for her to sell stuff. No, I, I believe in true love. So I think it's real. I'm not a Colin cynic. is a hopeless romantic. I am we, a hopeless romantic. We've talked about that many times on the yeah. show before. This show, yeah, but, people don't cynic. know, if you didn't listen to the first 110 episodes or so of the show, it was basically how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. But we didn't yes. know who Colin was meeting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've really turned, we've come, come a long way in the last, what, 50, I found my yellow umbrella. There you go. Actually, is that is that what the thing is? I, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that much of how I met your mother. Yeah, it so he she has like a yellow umbrella, and you're like trying to find like who it is throughout the whole. That's thing. something they tell you at the beginning of the show, and then like. You're uh, it's not like ep- it's not show. like it's not like episode one, but like there's a clip fairly early in where he's like in this girl's apartment, and he's like, and her roommate ended up being your mother or whatever, and like you see an umbrella in the corner or something like that. I don't remember exactly how it goes. It's been a little bit since there, but they allude to a yellow umbrella early enough on, and then it's kind of throughout the show. Hmm. Yeah, not a show that I ever really got into. All right. Um, so I loved about... it in like middle school and high school. So... Oh my God, making me feel old. Middle school. That show, there's no way that was on when you were in middle school. Um, I'm You're almost 30 years old. <laughs> I am almost 30. I am 30. Thank you. Oh, you are 30? Okay. I, I, I am. No, no, no. I am 30. I didn't want to age you any um, further than, you, than I had to. Did you have a 30th birthday? I did. Yeah. Did I it go? Start... Um, no, it was, uh, it was at the Penn State game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. 
Um, also, How I Met Your Mother started in 2005. So, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Aired from 2005 to 2014. Nine years they got out of that? Mm-hmm. Were there like a couple writer strikes in there or something? Nine years? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Holy I, don't, I was almost positive it was in middle school for me. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, huh, interesting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's hop into tonight's show, guys. We did, uh, as we've done for multiple weeks in a, in a row here now, we're just kicking the second segment down of the, the can down the road a little bit to the next episode. We say, oh, we're going to talk about this, and then we don't get to it. Um, but last week, we mentioned that we wanted to talk about some ambiguous position groups. Um, I feel like I have a little more ammo, actually, to talk about this now because I just participated in uh, Jared Palmgren, our CFF uh, team lead and host of Chasing the Natty. He just did a uh, his his annual way too early CFF mock draft. It's nine rounds. Uh, he makes you fill out like not like nine spots. Um, you know, two quarterbacks, two two running backs, um, a tight end. Um, and there were some position groups I was a little surprised that were a little cheap there. I know it's not necessarily one for one with CFF, but um, so we're gonna talk about that. Some where we might be able to find some value here as we're building our ranking set. Um, and then, uh, the other thing we're going to talk about here tonight, uh, is the top freshmen. We're going to talk a little bit about them and where we have them in our rankings. And I think that's kind of the fun exercise, you know, not necessarily a, would you rather, but you know, where, you know, top quarterback in the class, Dylan Rayola, would, how, how many quarterbacks, proven quarterbacks, semi-proven quarterbacks do you have them ahead of? I think that's always a fun discussion this early in the off season. So let's dive right in here, Colin. Position groups where we might find value as the offseason goes on. And I think ambiguity always breeds a little bit of value if you get it right. Obviously, if you get it wrong, you ended up with nothing. Sorry. If you get anything wrong, you end up with nothing. So it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um you you get you end up with a valuable lesson, Colin. And that yeah. might even be more important. Um it is the friends we make along the way, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I, I mean, we're just going to toss out some position groups that we kind of spitball. These are, um, some like at big schools, you know, I'm not, we're not talking Bowling Green today or, you know, stuff like that. We're trying to touch on some, some bigger groups that, um, that are, that are kind of in front of our eyeballs. We know the players a little bit more. Um, and let's start with LSU actually call. And I think this is going to be a really fascinating one. Um, and I think we could have actually just put LSU skill guys on here as well. Mm-hmm. Like outside of quarterback, I think this is very much a mystery uh, offense with them losing uh, a lot of their major pieces from last year. Uh, but the two big ones, obviously, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr., both headed to the NFL. Both uh, Neighbors, certainly a first-round draft pick unless just some awful stuff comes out about him online. Brian Thomas Jr., we think probably is as well. Um, so that leaves not a lot of proven guys behind them. They have uh, Kyron Lacey there who transferred in last offseason from UL, I believe. Um, they bring in CJ Daniels, who was uh, one of Liberty's leading offensive guys this past year. And then it's really a graveyard of former you know, mid to high four-star, five-star kind of guys that have just never really kicked on in college. But I do think Someone's got to catch passes here. We like Garrett Nussmeyer. We think he's a pretty good quarterback. Maybe we downgrade him a little bit for, for production this year during this discussion. But Colin, I mean, what are we looking at here? I mean, is it in your mind, Lacey and Daniels are like the two that you think probably play the most snaps if they're healthy? Yeah, 
I would I would agree with that. I think that they Kawan Lacey was kind of the number three guy there last year, so it makes sense that he would step up and and still see uh, at the bare minimum the same complement of snaps that he saw before. But I would be hard pressed to think he wouldn't increase that and be, you know, one or two in routes run uh, and snaps. Uh, and then CJ Daniels bringing him in, you know, I, I think that that signals something that they felt that they needed to go out and, and get him and bring him in and. Um, there's a couple other guys there, but it does seem like it's trending towards CJ. You know, there's some buzz around CJ Daniels. I'm not, I haven't fully dove into him. I didn't really watch a lot of Liberty for the sake of like actually watching them. You know, like I watched him in like the conference um, championship game, which is a really fun one. Um, but I didn't really like sit down and dive into their, their players. So I, I don't have a great feel for CJ Daniels, like pro prospects at this point, but he was a pretty solid collegiate receiver at the G five level for, for Liberty. So, you know, I, I think that having him as your number two projected guy at this point, isn't necessarily wrong. I think there um, does need to be something said before we get too far into all these discussions, but I do think that we need to be careful that we're not getting into the mistake um, in a lot of instances of saying like, there has to be a guy here. Right. I think True. sometimes there just isn't, you know, last year you kind of catch lightning in the, in a bottle a little bit from, you know, a, a team perspective, obviously Jaden Daniels with his Heisman winning season. Um, and I, I think neighbors and Thomas kind of looked like different guys, like than they really had previous seasons. So I don't th like, I, I don't think that we necessarily, I don't know that there needs to be a guy here. And that's kind of where I'm, sitting right now like if i had to pick a guy i do think daniels is probably like the quote-unquote best as of now um they do have uh, how about this one Colin? i'll just start tossing out some names here that, that are also going to be on this roster Xavier thomas comes over from mississippi state um last year had uh 58 targets he had 40 catches 503 yards and one touchdown just under 20 percent um target percentage overall I believe he was a former, I believe, low four star. He's got an A dot below ten. Um, like it's not, it's not really a sexy kind of guy. But oh, Collins, give me the the um, the thumbs down, the um, the walk gladiator or whatever. Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, miss me with Xavier Thomas. I, I, yeah, okay, they brought him in, but I think that I would prefer Lacey and Daniels and I honestly might even prefer like Aaron Anderson over him because I feel like Aaron Anderson probably does something a little differently than anybody else on that roster right now so I could see him carving out a little bit of a role um they also have you know a couple other guys there too that I just I think I like a little bit better than than Xavier Tom Thomas so I, he feels like a guy like a rah-rah Thomas last year that's just gonna get completely lost in the shuffle Let's talk Aaron Anderson here. Anderson is entering his third year in college, actually, now. Former, I, I think a five-star, depending on which service you were looking at, might have been a four-star a couple places as well. High four-star minimum. Yeah, yeah. Started his career at Alabama, um, played zero there, transferred after his freshman year to LSU last year. Last year got 12 catches, 59 yards. Um, oh. you know, no, no touchdowns had a couple of kickoff, you know, action on kickoffs punts, but not really 
He is five, listed at 58190, so he is a slot guy by and by. You're not going to play him on the outside at all. Um, a guy that 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 could do something this year. I know you just said you you would prefer him, and I'm just looking to see. Um, you know, I, the thing about it is, I think Daniels and Lacey can both play slot, so I don't know if they're necessarily like looking for a slot guy. You know, right? Yeah, I, I don't think they necessarily like. Okay, we have our boundary guys set, and now we need a slot guy. I do think Lacey and Daniels are fluid, and they can play in a couple of different spots. But I think Aaron Anderson still brings something a little different than anybody else in that receiving core does, and that's his like dynamic ability with the ball in his hands. Like that was his big trait coming out. Is I thought he was really good once you got the ball in his hands. He's he can make people miss. Uh, he's very fast. So, you know, you kind of saw that with him getting some kick return duty and stuff. And that ultimately might be his future at the NFL level is just as like a punter kick returner. But I think that that skill set is if that if they're looking for that on offense, if they want, you know, get the ball out of Nussmeyer's hands quick, hit a guy on a screen, I could see them using Aaron Anderson in that type of a role. Okay. What about, um, you don't want to talk to a guy that, you know, low a dot near the line of scrimmage. What about Chris Hilton, a former favorite of a lot of us here at C2C six foot one ninety ish, um, probably a four, three ish kind of guy. Although maybe after the injuries, not quite anymore. I'm not hundred percent sure there. Um, speedster, a dot almost 20 last year, um, has never really, he's been, he's, he's not stayed healthy long enough to have, uh, you know, put together a full season last year. 13 catches, 225 yards, two touchdowns. He's he's LSU's Arian Smith, if you're familiar with Arian Smith from Georgia. Like they're the same player, same class, yeah. very similar skill uh, skill set. Um, and Hilton, likewise, you know, hasn't hasn't been able to stay healthy. Did have three catches for 56 yards and a touchdown in their bowl game. Okay. So that's you know good. And I haven't gone back to look and see. I'm assuming most of that was with um, you know after to- uh, Thomas and Neighbors. I believe they yanked both of them about halfway through. So. Um, Hilton? Yes, no. I think Hilton is intriguing, you know, like you said we he was a guy that uh, you know, we we kind of liked here. We liked his skill set. It's he's one of the fastest players on the field pretty much anytime he steps on the field. So I think he has a a calling card with his field stretching ability and ability to take the top off a of defense. It's it, it like it is like you said, it, it's kind of mirroring Ar- Arian Smith where he just he he can't stay healthy and He's probably a one-trick pony at this point, entering his third year in college. So, if you know they need a guy, if they decide that they need a guy like that to just really take the top off a of defense and stretch them, then I could see him filling in on that type of a role. But I don't see him as a well-rounded receiver, so I'm probably lower on on Hilton than than the rest of us are at this point. What about Shelton Sampson Jr.? I think this is a name that a lot of people are going to point to for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Um, board, very Again, very borderline four or five-star guy in last year's class. A bit bigger, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, about 190, depending on what source you're looking at for height and weight there for him. Um, the big problem with with Sampson you know, last year being his true freshman season is that he was a year one zero, and he wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, he basically, he basically played in one game in week two, they played grambling. He got 30 snaps in that game. Other than that, he got two snaps in week one and blowout time against Florida state and then had five snaps in week 12. I actually don't know 
what game that was for them, but um, late in the season there. So they had a cupcake at the end there where they were just stat padding. It's probably that one. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. I'm wondering. Let's see here. LSU week 12, according to PFF play Georgia State. So, yeah, that yeah. would have been that game. Um, yep. So two targets on the year. Didn't record a stat. He's a big, tall, fast guy. The problem with him is, as we mentioned, he, he was a year one zero last year. You know, he, he contributed nothing on the field. We know from a Debbie perspective that that means, you know, maybe the end of our interests from a CFS perspective. I think generally it also means that, although um, a little less set in stone. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to make of him. I, I, I'm interested to see what his price is this offseason. You know, could I could I see buying him as a throw in in a deal or something at some point? I might try that just because of how thin this room is, but I'm not sure it's looking great for the kid right now. I'm not, I'm not going out to buy Shelton Sampson himself. Yeah, I wouldn't buy him. And honestly, I would probably look to sell him because I do think you are getting people out there who um, either a don't really subscribe to the year one zero theory. So they're, they don't care about that at all. And they see his recruiting pedigree and his size and his athleticism and how open this room is and the production that, was there last year, even though this is going to be a different offense. And they're seeing all of those different things and be like, yeah, Shelton Sampson, next guy up. He's going to be the next best wide receiver at LSU. He's going to be the next great guy. So, you know, I, I think there are enough people out there that prescribe to that mindset that you could probably move him. And I also think that even for people who do follow year one zero, I think that there are people who will make excuses too, like, Oh, well he couldn't get on the field because he's behind a first round pick and, and then Brian Thomas, who's probably like a, a second round type of a guy. You know, I think, I think he's a first too. round guy for what it's worth. I, he could be, he, he could be, um, but uh, potentially two first rounders, but you know, the other guy uh, still a day two guy. So they'll, they'll see that and they'll be like, okay, well that's, that's why he couldn't get on the field. But if you look at the other snaps, like there's just, like that that does not bode well like in any of these other games what about the bowl game like you got nothing in the bowl game like so you have to preserve his red shirt column he oh did he no he wasn't close oh. it wouldn't matter. <laughs> oh i was gonna say i don't even remember if bowl games count anymore or not i know there's been like the, they, the one year it didn't and i don't know if they've ever finalized gotcha. that rule or not. But yeah anyway point being i would probably look to sell him to be honest because i think you could still find some buyers that would pay you maybe not exactly what you paid for him last year but you can maybe make 80 cents on the dollar. There are four, um, four year one zeros that I, so far it's only January. This, mm -hmm. this discussion could very, very well shift over the next few months. There are four that I find people making a lot of excuses for one of them, Shelton Sampson, one of them's jury on Dickey because injury and you know, whatever the crowded room, whatever. Uh, Brandon Ennis and Cordell Russell, weirdly, is the other one. Hmm. I, I uh, of them, I think the ones that have the least amount of excuse are Russell because that team was they had an awful receiver room last year. Yeah. Guy couldn't even get any run anyway, and now he's going to one of the, um, you know, I don't know that the room is top heavy, but the. Colorado receiver room is like the one good room on that roster. It's actually very, very deep. So I doubt he even plays there next year, like at all. Um, and they've got a couple probably more talented guys than him 
that are like the same age as him. Um, so that's a weird one to me. Um, so, and, and Samson is the other one. I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he has a lot of excuse. I think that the third wide receiver position uh, in terms of like a rotational aspect was really up for grabs and he just couldn't do anything. It's kind of, kind of, you know, iffy. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I totally nuked Cordell Russell. Like I, I agree with you. I don't see, he was a guy that we really liked. He's an athletic freak. I think he was the fastest or the second fastest wide receiver last year in terms of miles per hour. Um, and he's six, four, two Oh five. And so we, there were a lot of things that we liked. He made some buzz in spring before he broke his collarbone, but there was just nothing throughout the year at all in a bad wide receiver room. So yeah, I agree with you. I nuked Russell. He's my wide receiver 132 right now. Um, but the other guys, I, I, I kind of, I understand the mental gymnastics people are, are going through to, you know, make excuses and be like, okay, well, this is why this guy didn't succeed. And there could be some validity to that in the end, but history track record shows that it's probably not going to be the case. And as much as I was standing for Ennis earlier on in the year, you know, I have pivoted. I am, I'm off of Ennis with not doing anything in the bowl game. Now that bowl game was, was bad. They only had like 10 passes. So don't just another uh, excuse on the pile. Yeah. yeah. Which you, you could, you could throw it in there. You could throw it in there as excuse, but I'm saying, I, you know, didn't do anything in the bowl game. Didn't hit year one zero. Mecca Egbuka comes back. And now it's probably going to be Egbuka, Tate, and Smith. You know, so I don't even really see how Ennis fits in here. So I am I'm out on Ennis too. He was kind of the last guy I was holding out hope for, but not anymore. Yeah. Um, rough there. I don't think we need to go in depth with any of these other names. Uh they do have um not the freshmen that they're bringing in this year really aren't terribly intriguing at wide receiver um they do have the top guy next to 2025 class coming in who's pretty freaking good they also have the top quarterback Bryce Underwood who we're very excited for I believe the top running back although I haven't watched him to like you know say if I think he's my top running back um but that's kind of the gist of this room I mean it's not it's really not a very good room so we'll see how this shakes out um the answer could just be nobody you know and Mm -hmm. that's okay too um let's go Miami Florida Kings new quarterback Cameron Ward we think probably likely mostly yes an upgrade over Tyler Van Dyke who was there before Um, Emery Williams disrespect I know sorry Colin your guy Emery's got to sit the bench another year um the good news is I don't know that there will be that many quarterback portal guys next year um yeah Mm -hmm. so I mean um that, that that might work out well for him um this is a team that I think, you know, overall, I think they've been a joke on the field compared to expectations. Yeah. And I don't think bit. they'll be – there. there is a path to them winning the ACC just because their schedule is real weak and the ACC is probably not very good next year. It's Florida State probably having uh, a bit of a down year. Um, and UNC. So, you know, don't laugh at me if, like, they end up winning the ACC like, 9-4 and because, like, congratulations. I don't think they're going to be a very good team. Um, but they are kind of building that team – some pretty good trench guys. And now that they have a real quarterback, their offensive coordinator, you know, pretty, it was a pretty prolific offense when people were healthy last year. Um, so we got to try to figure out beyond maybe Xavier Restrepo, 
what we're doing here. We, I think we all assume he's the leading guy at wide receiver. Running back, tough to read those tea leaves. Maybe we start there, Colin. I mean, lay out a case for, for a running back maybe that you like here on this roster. Man, I don't know if I can. I, the, I wasn't really the biggest fan of like March, Mark Fletcher as a prospect coming in. He's kind of like a, a, a boulder with legs. Like he doesn't, you know, he's really just a tackle breaker, two down thumper type of a guy. Use him around the goal line. Um, you know, he, he got some run. It was encouraging as a freshman. He was definitely better than I thought he was going to be, but I'm still not really in on any sort of hype with him. Um, you know, they, they do bring in, um, it's uh, Lyle, right? Jordan, Jordan Lyle. Lyle. Yeah. Um, my size one, one ninety ish back right now. Could James Cook think, you know, mm -hmm. stylistically maybe. Yeah. A little undersized. So maybe he could pair well with, um, like a thunder lightning duo there potentially they have a jay allen too who also kind of fills that like lightning type of a role he came from nebraska I forgot he was there yeah um and then the, the the guy that i like the most in the room is trevante citizen but i mean he is basically deceased at this point you know he blew out his knees bleeding into his freshman year we just haven't seen him since so that's not encouraging at all like I, I mean, he's a he's a cut candidate this offseason. You know, I might have I might hang on one or two places just for nostalgia's sake, but he's probably toast. So I don't really love anybody in this room, to be honest. Well, here I mean, they do have some some guys coming in. Uh, well, their leading rusher last year is Henry Paris Jr., who returns. Uh, who he, still, he still has eligibility. According Dang. to the C, according to the C2C winning edge, he does. Hmm. Okay. Sneak. Some, been... of, some of us have some access to that behind the scenes. So. Oh yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Uh, I've been focusing on offensive line. So, talk to me about their <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> Who's their left guard? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Parrish comes back. Mark Fletcher does come back. There's some uh, question as to his health. Got injured late in the year. They're saying like it's not serious, but then they really pushed hard for some additional running backs. So like how injured is he we don't really know um as you mentioned aj allen they bring in rodney hill which i think is an oh. interesting one and i think he's mm. going in somebody said as a preferred walk-on which is mm. wild to me because yeah. he was like good at fsu last year yeah um i i don't know if he just like waited till too late in the cycle i don't even know if they want one back here you mentioned jordan lyle the one other name that i'll just toss out who really didn't get much run as the season went on last year but it's chris johnson jr who got a little bit of hype last year i think he's an interesting player overall was a true freshman undersized guy like six he's a little under six foot and i think he's listed around 180 um i think he can get a little bit bigger than that but he's not like a, a three down guy they, they have a lot of pieces there i don't i don't know that running back is necessarily the direction i want to head to buy a guy but if i had to like just push my chips all in on a guy i guess it would probably be fletcher depending on the cost he hasn't seen that costly this offseason yeah he doesn't he doesn't and i think i would probably feel the best about him having some type of a role mm -hmm. but he just really feels like a classic roster clogger to me to be honest like he'll get some goal line work so maybe he can you know have a two three touchdown game but odds are you probably weren't starting him that game anyway so, you know, I, 
I don't know how much value he's going to bring you for CFF production. I, I don't see much of it at NFL future there, at least not in any sort of capacity that's going to make a difference for your NFL team. So yeah, if you made me pick somebody, it'd probably be him, but I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I think that's that's um, a fair take on it. We'll see what he ends up um, doing. Uh, we need a, we need an update on his health before I, mm -hmm. I would feel comfortable really uh, doing anything there. The wide receivers, you know, I did mention. I think we think Restrepo is probably the guy. Um, they keep uh, Jacoby George as well, I believe, who should be there. Um, interesting player. Did did catch a few passes for them last year, um, and then it's kind of rough overall mm -hmm. not a lot of proven talent you're talking at that point um like the freshman riley williams the tight end who who played a little more than i expected him to last year uh an interesting guy that hit at least one year one zero threshold is uh he's going by ray ray now ray ray joseph nathaniel joseph is what his really recruiting name was yes yeah and it took me a couple of weeks because i track all the freshmen playing getting snaps and I was, I just kept, I was like, RJ, I was like, they don't have, this has got to be Nathaniel Joseph. Like they don't have another Joseph. And I, I finally dug into it. I was like, yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, he's going by Ray right now. Um, so I, I think he's interesting as like a smaller kind of shifty guy. They don't really have like a guy on the roster and they really tried to get Jeremiah Smith to flip this year. I think he would have stepped in and basically been um, Robin to, to Restrepo's Batman right away. But I, I mean, that, this is. I think it's Restrepo, and then I, the rest of these guys are cheap. I think you can get, get multiple of these guys if you want, and maybe by week three you can cut one or two of them, you know, depending on what your waiver situation is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Restrepo and then everybody else, to be honest. I agree with you. I, I, I mean, Ray Ray da Ray Ray. I used to say Ray Ray Davis. <laughs> um, Ray, Ray Davis squared. Ray, Ray Ray McLeod. That's what I was thinking of. Um was he a Miami guy? No, I don't think so. But he's a, a just Ray Ray. Um, yeah. But anyway, Ray Ray boop, boop. did did um, Ray Ray Joseph and Nye Carr. I think would probably perform similar roles. Jo Joseph probably has the leg up there. But if I know there's some people out there who are big Nye Carr guys, you know, then you probably aren't going to buy Joseph at that point. And I think the answer behind Restrepo is josiah trader or you know and that's a guy that i think we'll, we'll talk about maybe a little bit later on the show but josiah trader incoming freshman wide receiver was listed as an athlete for as a recruit throughout pretty much the entire process but everything seems to indicate he's going to be the wide receiver so and i i like him and i know you do as well i, I think he's one of the better wide receivers in this class so if you make me pick somebody beyond restrepo it's going to be trader and for the right, I think I think Trader is like the guy that you draft first. I would agree. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about some of the freshmen where we have them ranked tonight. We didn't Trader like we we picked some of like the very top consensus guys just to kind of dip toes in for this initial discussion. Trader just outside that for us, but not by a ton. I mean, he's he's a guy that we really really like, and I think um, there were a few of us here on the team that were a little skeptical, and he really won us over. Uh, at the end of the year, especially, um, you know, the the championship game, the state championship game, he had, uh, I believe, multiple touchdowns, including just a, a really sick catch, and then uh, crushed the all-star circuit as well. So um, a guy that really showed out when it mattered. And kind of in a reason for him to not be, to be a little bit more under the radar too. He was Jeremiah Smith's teammate. Yeah. 
So, (laughs) you know, when you have the number one player in the country, not even just the number one receiver, the number one player on your team ahead of you, you're probably going to get overshadowed sometimes. It's wild that their quarterback like wasn't even really highly thought of. I think going into his senior year, he was like QB 60 or something like that. He was ranked really, really low and he did end up bumping up a little bit. I believe he's going to NC state. Mm, Um, Their quarterback is like six, six, one eighty. He's a big old beanpole. If you ever go watch Jeremiah Smith and JoJo Trader in high school, uh, he's going to NC State. Uh, one of my one of the lower ranked quarterbacks that I've watched so far, uh, for like in my eyes. Um, but yeah, fun talking about guys that are on on teams with other guys. Um, let's see. I don't know if we have time to go through all these offenses, so we'll probably talk about some of these at a later date, Colin. What mm-hmm. pick out another group here that we have on the on the the board? Um, let's go with the Clemson wide receivers here. Okay. Um, okay. And I think this is almost, this is like a story kind of like every off season where a freshman wide receiver for Clemson pops up, looks good. And then just disappears. We had Justin Ross do it. Now he, that was a little bit more of a reason behind his, but Bo Collins did it. Um, we just had Antonio Williams kind of do it. Tyler Brown just popped up now. Um, and you still have Williams and Brown there. Adam Randall, too, to a, a lesser extent, popped in like the spring and like actually beat year one zero thresholds um, to keep out some hope. But this wide receiver room, there's a lot of talent here. Adam Randall, Antonio Williams, still a guy that I like. Um, Tyler Brown looked good last year. And then they bring in TJ Moore and Bryant Wesco, who are two receivers that are, are pretty good as well. Um, they have a couple other options in that room too so it's a deep room a lot of high pedigree types guys here i i am struggling with who to value the most i like antonio williams still he is still my highest but i don't feel nearly as strongly about him as i did last year yeah if you want to talk about guys that are like you know quote unquote we care we care about on this roster they really only lose Bo Collins from the mm-hmm. receiver group. They bring back Tyler Brown. They bring back Adam Randall. They bring back Antonio Williams. They bring back Troy Stellato, who probably played more than he should. Um, Jake Brinningstool is a tight end, but like, I mean, he was one of the more heavily targeted guys last year. Um, I actually believe he might have led Clemson in targets if PFF is to be believed. Um, he might have. He's basically a receiver. Yeah, that, that shouldn't happen if you're a. a high functioning offense so that's a little rough um not that he's you know he's a fine college player but um not to that level so yeah i mean i think i i we're going to talk about him here in a little bit i more more probably going to be my top rated clemson wide receiver i'm probably going to be taking him over any of these guys but if we're talking you know immediately i i think the big question is just how do they get tyler brown and antonio williams on the field at the same exact time i think that's just going to be the big question and you know, I do we trust this coaching staff enough to get that right? That's another big question. Uh, do we trust the coaching staff enough to get this right? And do we trust the quarterback enough? Like, yeah, Pete Klubnick did not look yeah. good last year. Um, I think he really struggles throwing the ball downfield. So, you know, whoever ends up in the short area role, probably the guy in the slot, probably Tyler Brown is probably going to be the guy who gets the most CFF production. You know, Jake Brinning's will kind of, it seems to operate in that area as well. So he gets a lot of targets, but 
I think that's going to leave Antonio Williams hanging out to dry a little bit because he has outside versatility. I think Antonio Williams can play outside. Just to back that up real quick, last year he played, Antonio Williams played 68% of the time in the slot. Tyler Brown played 95% of the time in the slot. Now, Williams, you know, five game sample, I believe he missed quite a bit of the season, but um, mm -hmm. telling there, I think, you know, what, what their potential plans would be. Yeah. So they would probably shift Williams out wide. And I think he can do that. And, you know, maybe that ends up being better for him long term. Maybe the NFL like likes seeing that he can play both in and outside. Uh, but you're not going to really get that much production there. And now it's it's going on two years that you haven't really seen much production. And is the NFL really going to buy into that type of a guy? Because I do like that skill set. But I yeah, I don't really know what to do with Antonio Williams right now. Yeah, he's better with the ball in his hands too. So I, I it's 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 going to be interesting. It's, it's funny because I think Brown's a little better deep than than Williams is, but I think and Williams is better with the ball in his hands. But the the, the rules might be you sending Williams deep a little more often and Brown a little little you know a shallower uh, you know just by nature of being in the slot. So it is interesting um, for sure. And yeah, like you're just looking at things like missed tackles force. I mean. Antonio Williams on a per touch basis was was better there. Um, just overall, um, you know, I think he's probably the best re returning receiver. But does that translate to volume this year? You know, I don't know. I I, I also don't know what his cost is going to be. Yeah, um, I've I've done two startups or not not two. I've done two mocks or mm -hmm. I've did one. I've I've done many mocks, but two of them were Debbie. <laughs> One of them was <laughs> C2C startup, but I'm I, I'm involved in all of them. So I sit here and I watch the board as they happen and stuff. So let me just give you guys an idea of where um Antonio Williams has been going uh this year in mock drafts. So in the C2C mock draft two, he went Antonio Williams. I think I'm in the first one. He went pick 47. That's pretty crazy. Late fourth round. Um, C2C mock draft one. He went uh, 23rd overall. So I, I think I think he's a guy that the value is gonna gonna be to, to vary uh, pretty wide in terms of uh, where you can get him. So I think he's a guy that if you don't have him. Sniff around, see if you know if you can get him for more of the forty eighth value. I would, I would say sure. I I'm probably not buying at twenty fourth value, but I still think he can be a quality player. Um, who, who knows there? Um, all right, yeah, we'll talk. We some of the other some of the other position groups we had on the board here that we'll talk about at a different date. Alabama, basically all their skill guys. Uh, Florida State, what's their wide receiver room looking like? Washington, Ole Miss. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of different, um, in, interesting places The the wide receiver drain, especially this off season makes, uh, so, and the quarterbacks make some of these things rather fascinating. Um, I promise we're going to talk freshmen. So we're going to do that now before we do that, guys, why don't you head over to homefieldapparel.com? Uh, I'm wearing homefield apparel right now. Colin, you don't look like you are. I am not. Sadly. Every show Colin should be wearing something homefield apparel. Um, are they gonna are they gonna pay to send that over my way, or do you, is there a way that I could get a discount? I have enough home field sweatshirts and t shirts to wear something every day of the week. So well, um, I was trying to queue you up for the for the discount one. But. Oh, you want a discount? Mm -hmm. hmm. Hmm. Well, I think we can get you set up with that promo code Campus to Canton. Get you fifty percent off your first order. Your first order with your email address, guys. Yeah. So that means you can 
you know, have as many email addresses as you want, but go ahead, head on over there. It is just, it's comfy stuff. Like, like literally I work from home 98% of the time I'm wearing home field stuff. I'm wearing a university of Hawaii actually today, the rainbow warriors, rainbow warriors. It's a nice see one. it here. I'm wearing my, I'm actually wearing their sweatpants, which is the most comfortable thing that I own from them. Um, but not, um, you know, not branded by a, a school or anything like that. Um, has pretty much every school you can think of. And I saw that they're adding a bunch of new ones this year too, although they're teasing Ooh. it. They haven't announced what they're going to be yet. But um, if your favorite school is already not on there, um, I mean, we talked about this, Colin. I got Colin an App State Kazoo Band t-shirt from them. Yeah. From some, some, I mean, they have like pretty much anything you could ever want. So uh, just wild, um, wild overall. So yeah, 15% off over there at Homefield Apparel with promo code Campus Decanton. Um, all right, top freshmen, top freshman column. We added them in. We added them. I should Colin added them in. How long did that oh, take thank you? you? Um, uh, wasn't that long. Um, probably like two hours, two and a half hours on Saturday. Oh, uh, she was out to brunch. I made sure I got I got everything done except the tight ends while she was out on brunch. Why don't you go out to brunch with your friends? Oh, you know, <laughs> got to be slick with it. Yeah, Man, Colin, you're take, already your a... take your time. I'll don't worry I have about an extra it. Mimosa. Yeah, you're a savvy veteran already over here, Colin. Savvy <laughs> veteran. Um, top freshmen. We're just going to talk about some of our consensus top guys where we have slotted them in to our rankings here already um just strictly from a c2c perspective although um you know i you rank debbie as well colin i do yes the top 10 or 15 or debbie rank is basically virtually the exact same so you know i think that the, the discussion will translate if you're wondering about that format as well um so let's start with quarterback always start with quarterback um I, the top guy for us i think right now barely is dylan rayola and depending on the service i believe on three no longer has him as the qb1 but most of the other places do uh dylan rayola headed to nebraska uh, a late flip in the cycle there um has a relative that works over there so that kind of made sense um at top quarterback in the class he's probably going to start day one or you know by week five you know i'd probably put a good money on that if i could get odds from someplace so where where are you slotting dylan rayola in amongst your top quarterbacks here yeah i, I do have dylan rayola as my top guy in this class um, and I, I do think it's going to be uh, a benefit to see him early uh, he's going to get on the field like we we know that and i i would agree with you as well probably day one but if not probably in the next first couple of weeks um so I think that's going to be good to see him and he's going to get out there. He's going to learn to be able to take some lumps and he might end up looking bad this year, but I, I think Nebraska is trying to bring in more talent to put around him. So I think that's a good thing. I have Dylan Rayola slotted in like right around my QB five, four five right now. I have him and Arch Manning. Uh, I'm kind of going back and forth on those two. Um, so I have Wigman, Nico, Jackson Arnold, and then it's right there with like Rayola, Arch Manning. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I think it it's really um, so. Here is I think for those who are longtime listeners to this show or to our other content, you kind of know my stance on young quarterbacks in startup drafts. 
different than supplementals because the player pool is is widely different and you're kind of working with a much more limited set of, of resources but in startup drafts why i always advocate if there's like a you know high five-star quarterback that people like you take him because the odds are that guy's going to a school where he's not going to play right away but the value is not going to go anywhere like he's not expected to play and the actually like the anticipation builds and they actually build up a bunch of value and so consequently, like you draft those guys really high, you sell them or whatever in a year and you probably make a profit for doing nothing. And that guy could be a bum and you don't have to suffer those consequences where I actually am, am debating not having Dylan Rayola and kind of flipping these guys last minute as my QB one in the class is that I think we're going to see him right away. So from a pure draft strategy value perspective, I think Rayola is actually fairly risky if he does not look good. Kind of like Dante Moore, I think, saw a little bit of a hit to his mm -hmm. his um, profile this year. Um, so I actually have Rayola eighth. Okay. I have him I have him right. Like I, I debated putting him above Drew Alar because Alar kind of had, but because Alar you know, was okay last year, but he, he was definitely disappointed. And if he has another disappointing year, he's, he's, he's in some trouble from a value perspective. But I think they're kind of in similar boats. Rayola might get a little more leeway because he's on a worse team and it's his first year looking iffy. But I, I think, you know, both are going to, um, that, that's kind of the range, you know? So I have him at eight. I have him behind Alar at seven, Arch Manning at six, Dante Moore, Jackson Arnold, Nikio, Nico, Carson Beck, Connor Wigman are the guys I have uh, ahead of him. And then directly behind him, um, DJ Lagway, who we're going to talk about here next. I have him at nine. I might flip those guys. He, I don't think he plays at all this year at Florida. Um, unless there's an injury, then I, then I think he probably sees the field. You got Shador, Quinn Ewers, Cameron Ward, Lenore Sellers, Aiden Childs. Like you start getting into those guys there. Um, but I, so I, that that's where I have Rayola in context within all those guys. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I, I definitely get, you know, knocking him a little bit in terms of the value because he is going to play. But I, I think that is almost. Uh, there's going to be people who make like, oh, he was he was a freshman, you know, and that that Nebraska team was bad. So I'm not too worried about even if he gets out there and doesn't look great about him taking a huge hit or anything because of all the hype that's been around him and all the excuses people will be able to make. Well, here's the other thing that I think we already like. I, I kind of try to think about like what is the realistic outcome for this guy after year one. And I think more often than not, we're on the right path with a lot of these guys. The one guy in this last class that we didn't get, like, I would never guess in a million years that Malachi Nelson was just going to leave USC without go to Boise. Fight. That shocked <laughs> me a little bit. Um, but I think the one thing that you can already kind of think about that could happen with Rayola, if this year does not go great, well, there, I think there's a couple different scenarios here where either this year doesn't go great and he says, I got to get out of here or else I'm going to be toast. And then he transfers somewhere and where is that? Or he does really well and then he transfers to a better school. It's, that's a good outcome. That's yeah. probably like, you know, I think the best outcome is like he's really good this year and he stays put and they kind of build an offense around him. And I think the second one is like he's really good. He transfers to USC next year and he's USC's quarterback or whatever. That's probably, you know. Just, I, I you, think that's number have, one. <laughs> maybe, but then you have to guess like how does he do with the new school? Like I, I, don't, I don't always like playing that game. Um, I get that you know, try, trying to guess that. Um, but then there's plenty of them where like he plays, he's, you know, he's not very good next or, you know, he's not very good next year. He stays in Nebraska or he's not very good and he gets out and he has to go somewhere else. And it's not as like, I think there's, there's a lot of scenarios there that are really risky. So I think Rayola uh, actually has a lot of risk. I have, I believe 
won 101 this year. I'm not taking Dylan Rayola with it. There's a couple guys I'm considering with it. It, it Rayola is not in the discussion. Lagway is, which is why I'm thinking about maybe just bumping Lagway ahead of him because this is my thinking already. But I do think like Rayola is more is a better player than him. It's just like trying to figure out all those things that are around those two guys. Well, we'll let's move into Lagway here. Where where do you have Lagway now? I just, uh, the spot behind Rayola, nine okay. overall. So they're, they're okay. right beside each other. I don't I don't have them graded that far apart. Lagway, you know, for people who aren't familiar, it's hard to kind of describe him because he is like he's a big athletic guy, but he doesn't really move like a Cam Newton or. Um, uh, like even like Josh Allen, like, but he, but he's more mobile than like young Ben Roethlisberger, who was big. He's got like a kind of a big cannon arm, but he's not like, he's not DJU. Like, I, it's really hard to kind of figure out a really good comp for him. Um, and he's a very difficult evaluation because he was uber, uber productive. I had one of the best seasons that we've yeah. seen in a long time at like quality high school competition last year. But he does weird stuff all the time. <laughs> like you'll go if you can find full games of him. There's weird stuff, jump throw, like throwing off platform when he doesn't need to. Like I think like the he's one of those guys where like when quarterbacks come at you, you want to see like improvisational skills and the ability to work in structure. And you can't have zero of either coming out of high school. I think you kind of have to have a grasp on on both a little, at least show it a little bit. And him, I'm like the improv, imp, improvisational stuff is there, like 100. percent And then I'm just like, it's at, maybe it's 110. percent Maybe it should be like 80. percent Like he's a little too freewheeling with that. Yeah, I, I don't have a strong grasp on DJ Lagway either. I think he has a high ceiling. And the production, like you said, the production we just saw at a high level of competition is encouraging, but. I don't know. I, I I don't know how he's necessarily going to translate to the NFL. Like you said, there's just some decision-making question marks. How is he going to operate in structure? I think he's okay at it. Uh, I have Lagway as my like QB nine right now. I have him. Copycat. I have him mm. with Malachi Nelson. Um, and the thing that's keeping Nelson ahead of him for me right now ahead of lagway is the fact that we're gonna I, I liked him better as a prospect and i think we're gonna see it with nelson this year like he's either he's gonna play at boise or he's not and he's toast and if, when he does play at boise he's either gonna be good or he's not gonna be good and we're gonna know we're gonna have an answer early with dj lagway we're not gonna get an answer this year so i think that that little ambiguity does lend itself well to what you were saying, where if you're going to into it with the mindset of okay, okay, let me take this value, this guy with the value, and then I'll trade him, I'll move him up. Um, if I'm keeping the players, which is kind of how I think of my rankings, is these guys are who do I want on my team? Uh, Malachi Nelson, I would want more, I think. So that keeps him just one spot ahead of him for me. Uh, I have Nelson behind him. Um because again, I just like I don't think we see lagway at all this year. So I think that that's a good thing for him. Um, and he does have some of the things that we really want for fantasy. He's very mobile, you know, a big arm, some of the other stuff. Rayola, um, Rayola is not very mobile. He, he's very heavy footed. I, mm -hmm. I that's been a concern of mine for a while. Um, but obviously, big arm, pr pretty accurate. You know, all all those kinds of things. So 
Um, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, and the other thing with Lagway that I do think is a little concerning is like Florida's a dumpster fire, and there's a real chance that whole staff is fired after this yeah. year. Not even after this year. They might even make it to the whole season. Um, go look at Florida's schedule this year. Go look at Florida's schedule this year. Florida might win four games. Um, and it's not even like Florida's like Vanderbilt bad. It's just like, go look at the schedule. It's real rough. Um, so, I mean, that's, I think that's a, that's another point as well that, that, you know, could be, a, a, a in the negative column for Lagway overall. Um, the last quarterback that I put on the list here, Colin is Julian Sayan. And these are kind of, have been our kind of our cutoff, like the three quarterbacks that we're, we're interested in. And after that, I think this class goes downhill pretty fast. I was actually talking with uh, David uh, solving football, uh, one of our recruiting guys the other day, one of the hosts of the official. Um, we were both saying like, there's no, like last year, we we as a company liked Aiden Childs. We liked Lenore Sellers. We liked mm -hmm. some of these deeper guys, Sam Levitt, Levitt. Kineholes before he committed to Ohio State, we thought was interesting. There were a bunch of those guys. Minchie, we liked him. I don't think of the company. We were like in love with Kenny Minchie. I liked Minchie. Yeah, you keep you bring him up every show. Um, well, that's because you keep erasing him from the memory, like he never happened. He's a person. Maybe you should have gone to Pitt. Um, oh, that's why you hate Minchi. I forgot about that. Okay, it all makes sense now. Never mind. Continue. I'll stop bringing him up. I'll stop pouring salt in the wound. And um, there's no guys like that this year. There's no guys like that this year. Um, no, not not at all. I I think we've we've maybe knocked back and forth like two names, and half of us are like, no, nah, I think he sucks, and the other half are like, oh, I think he's kind of good. We we don't have a guy like that, so uh, I think it's just a bad class. But Julian Sayan is the third guy here. We talked about him a little bit the past couple of weeks. Was originally committed to Alabama, and has already transferred to Ohio State following all the Nick Saban stuff. Um, interesting. Um, kind of situation with him. Will Howard's going to be the quarterback there at Ohio State for sure this year. And we'll see how some of those other guys that are in the room with him shake out. Devin Brown, Lincoln Kineholz, classmate Aaron Noland, who we're not talking about today. Um, but I think the saying transfer is uh, hurts him quite a bit, quite frankly. Um, where do you have Julian Sayan ranked right now, Colin? The, well, for the purposes of this argument, we'll say the apparent heir apparent at Ohio State. Yeah, I think I would... It, the succession plans are so tough now, but if you made me pick somebody that I think would be next up, I do think it would be saying, I think he fits that offense. Well, um, I'm probably a little high on him to be honest, but most of that is due to just not having that many other guys that I feel that great about, to be honest. Um, I have Julian saying as my yeah, QB 11, 12 ish um, with Shador oh, okay. Sand. Shador That's Sanders, great. Will Howard, Lenora Sellers, Cam Ward, Aiden Childs, like in that group. And these are still a little fluid for me. I don't see him dropping below that group, but where he gets placed in that group could fluctuate a little bit. But as high, potentially as high as QB 11. So I have uh, QB 17 right now is the last quarterback coming into like this that i was like i think there's it's there's some projectability here to the nfl my quarterback okay. 17 is jackson dart oof that what, hurts that's bad no, i, I mean i i i'm qb5 <laughs> oh my god 
that I'm the guys I have ahead of him that I, I just think are better players. Garrett Nussmeyer. Um, I think Sellers is like from a fantasy perspective, probably a more intriguing player. Um, I, I have Cameron Ward, who I think is probably a similar quality of, of prospect there. Um, uh, overall, I have Nelson right above him. Aiden Childs, I think is probably like a better pure quarterback. So um, J- Jackson Dart's my 17th guy. And then I have Sam 18. I have him right, right behind that group. And I feel kind of bring up the rear of that group for me. And then after that, it's like, I have Preston stone, Noah Fafita, um, Rashada, but we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Like, is that going to be a competition? They brought in uh, Sam Levitt. Um, and then I have some of the CFF guys in there. Uh, Will Howard, KJ Jefferson, Caden Salter, Byron Brown, Dylan Gabriel, Jalen Rayner. It's funny. Castellanos, Howard, Brady Cook. It's funny. You said Will Howard is a CFF guy. That's what he is, right? He's not a Debbie prospect. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know. Well, well, I don't know. You might, you might get a message about that one. I might, I might. We got, we got some messages after last week when we called a certain group of people. Oh, I never said that. I never said that hmm. about Malik Benson. <laughs> okay, wild. Um, the last guy I want to ask you about quarterback wise here is Ryan Puglisi. Now that uh, Braille is not going to Georgia, like, what did are you? you... My rankings. Did I look at yours? Yeah. No, I did not. He is my next player. He's my QB4. Um, well, okay. Cool. So, yeah. No, um, I did not. Um, I, I mean, I had him pulled up earlier. Maybe subconsciously I did, but like I haven't, I'm not looking at them currently. I did not look at them. So, first off, like he doesn't have a great grade, but he's my QB4. <laughs> um, he would have been like my QB7 or something last year, or maybe even lower than that. Um, I think I had to go and, and look at that. So I think if I just looking, just gut feeling in my rankings right now, I have, I have this group at 32 to 36. I have Brady Cook at Missouri. I have Garrett Green at West Virginia. I have Miller Moss at USC. I have Rocco Becht from Ohio State or Iowa State. And then I have Jalen Daniels at Kansas. That's a good shout on Rocco Becht. I think I'm missing him, actually. Sorry, continue. I think I would slot him in, like, right in that group somewhere, maybe a little bit below it. Um, But then you start getting into, like, guys that have serious issues. You have Donovan Smith, Haynes King, Taylor Green, Malik Murphy, Connor Harrell. Like, that. I think he belongs in that group because I think there's uncertainty that's hiding. So therefore potential upside that is maybe not baked into cost. So I think he probably slides in there. Um, I, I have not been impressed with him quite frankly, but there's a lot of people around that have been saying like when he does private workouts and like the guy, people at Georgia are like insanely high on him and all this stuff. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. He's a guy that I've been, I've been kind of struggling with too. So uh, I wanted to just ask you about him quick. Yeah, I have him as my QB4 right now, just based on like again, ahead of this... Walker White. Pretty sure. Let me just confirm that. I'm pretty sure I have, I'm pretty sure it's Piglisi 4, White 5, and Nolan 6, I believe is my order. Okay. Um, let me just confirm that. I have Piglisi 4, Walker White 5, Air Nolan 6, House Haney 7, Luke Crum and Hoke 8. Those are like the only tier two guys that I have. Okay. It's not great right now. Um, interesting pretty ugly. Right. pretty all right. ugly um all right uh running backs uh we've talked about this is a very ugly running back class too but i pulled some of our top consensus names and we can discuss them 
uh, so where we're slotting them in. Our consensus RB1 right now is Quentin Martin going to Penn State. Colin, you did a freshman profile on him last week. Um, so if you want to go listen to that, it was at the end of the episode that we, we do our freshman profiles there. For anybody not familiar with the show, uh, during this time of the year, we try to knock out, I don't know, maybe 40 between the two of us uh, over the course of the offseason. Um, and then we talk about plenty of others just in you know yeah. discussion's sake like we're doing right now. Um, where are you putting Quentin Martin in your rankings? I it's gonna shock you how low I have the RB1 in this class. It might shock me. Um, I have him right now kind of in the like RB 13, 14 range. Um, the group I have him with is Jam Miller, Ruben Owens, um, Roger Robinson. So I have him kind of in that group. That's that's very very high, I think overall. Okay. Um. I so do you want to guess where I have him? Um. Well, I don't have your running running back rankings pulled up in front of me, so I'm just kind of spitballing it off of mine here. I'm going to say behind Quentin Laquint Allen. Do you have him behind Laquint Allen? No, I don't. LaQuinn Allen's one where I'm not really sure what to do with him. I have him at okay. 29 right now, um, okay. but he could drop 29 um, pretty far, depending on what happens here this offseason. Okay. Um, what about Cam Selden? Do you have him behind Cam Selden? I have him behind Cam Selden. Okay. So I'm going to say final answer. You have Quentin Martin ranked RB23. Close, 21. Okay. I have him right behind Jade Knott because I think that's kind of the profile of player he actually is. Like, kind of, I, I really still have questions about Jade Knott between the tackles. He's still beating up on awful rush defenses and yeah. struggling a little bit against more physical teams. Now, part of that's, you know, he's on Cal. They're, they're a little overmatched week in, week out uh, in the trenches. But I just think he's kind of a soft runner. We talked a little bit about Martin last week. You know, I, I comped him a little bit maybe to Rashad White, who hasn't been an amazing runner in the NFL but he's been uh, an exceptionally good pass catcher. And that's kind of what Quentin Martin is. Part of the allure there is that, you know, maybe Penn state can beef him up a little bit, get him a little more physical. Um, but I mean, I think all the running backs in this class have some sort of major red flag with their profile. There's no, there's no um, seemingly sure thing. So um, Martin 21 for me, right behind Jade, Knott, Marion Hampton, Darius Taylor, Ollie Gordon, Ashton Genty. Okay. Right ahead of DJ Giddens. Okay. Okay. I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, so I I was just uh, on the Debbie G. Gen show with Noah uh, Green. Uh, the other, uh, I don't know exactly when they're releasing that one for sure. But I was on that show and we were talking about, you know, kind of strategies as for startups and things like that. And something that I mentioned on there is I do like to take the guy who I think has a higher upside over a guy who I think could just be like a long-term RB2 in like the NFL. So like, that's why I kind of have him in that range where I have him like, you know, Ruben Owens, Roger Robinson, Jordan James. Like, I think Quentin Martin's ceiling is probably higher than them due to his size, athleticism, pass catching ability. Um, so I think that's why I have him a little bit higher, but you know, I, I understand there's definitely more risk with a guy like Quentin Martin than anybody else that I named in that group. Our RB2 is a group is Davey, uh, David Aziamume. 
He is right around RB30 for the services. He's headed to Clemson. Seems like a natural guess there that he's going to be the guy after Phil Moffa leaves next year. And um, even get some work this year. He could, yeah. I mean, it's going to be between um, – they have a, a – what is it? Jamarius Haynes? It's something Haynes mm-hmm. there. I think he's like um, the 15th best RB in the class. So, And then uh, – yeah, something like that. Um, they have him and then they have Moffa, and that's really kind of it in terms of guys that have been there. So um, I wouldn't be shocked to get to see Azamume. He was my freshman profile last week, so um, go ahead again listen to that. We're not going to dive too deep into him, but a bigger-bodied guy probably ends up around 220. Um uh, you know, soft kind of hands big. for that size though he is he's a good pass catcher he, he reminds me like i'm not again i'm not gonna make this comp but like he is nick chubb ish like as a player um he mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me like i think jonathan taylor was a similar back in terms of like he was ranked like low 20s coming out of high school and it was just like obvious from like an athletic and like you know skill set perspective he should just been ranked much higher and i think as mume um certainly has a case to be and playing against very good competition in georgia so he's going to clemson um where uh where should where, where do you have david david as the mma calling um slotted right in the same group there with with martin um with uh jam miller ruben owens roderick robinson in that group jordan james gavin sawchuck kind of make out round out that group um so I, I have him right in there with with those guys i think part of the allure of of as is going to be some of that early playing time um but and the presumably clear path to playing time after next year, after Moffa leaves Clemson's not really big on hitting the portal, uh, which has been one of the criticisms of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's pretty safe to assume as the will probably be the next guy up there. Um, so I think you're looking at, at some good college production. Uh, and I, I do like the, the skill set for the NFL as well. So uh, I have him right. Very closely ranked with Quentin Martin. Interesting. So I have him um, 23rd. I have him two spots behind Martin. I have I have a DJ Giddens sandwich there. I can't just stay <laughs> between the two of them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just I think that's about his range. You know, um, I think that the thing that a lot of the guys have going ahead of him is that they're uh, we we actually have a lot of uh, of pretty good like we've seen at running backs already in front of him, and I do think people. Uh, overall, maybe are valuing that a little too much right now. You know, I see guys like, uh, you know, Ash and Genty, like a top six or seven. Debbie running back. I see Ollie Gordon listed up there. Damian Martinez, some of these other guys. Like, that's that, it's way too rich. You, we got to do some projection here at some point here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I do think, you know, just the fact that we've seen some of these guys do it a little more, um, and we're pretty sure they're going to be pretty good for, for college fantasy purposes next year. You know, I think that you have to weigh that. You really do. So a guy like Darius Taylor, you know, I think you got to take him above a guy like Ezia Mume, even if I think athletically and skill set wise, Ezia Mume crushes him from a, like a future NFL perspective. Darius Taylor is at Minnesota running back for two years and probably gets drafted in like the fourth or fifth round in his own right. So, you know, you, you, you got to weigh all those things, but I think having him right around 20 is probably fair. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have Darius Taylor as my RB 21. So I have him in that, in that kind of range. I just, I don't see as much of an NFL future for Taylor. And and I do agree that, you know, you definitely want to factor in the CFF production um, as well. But again, like you said, at some point we kind of have to make some projections here. And I want guys that I think are going to make an impact for my NFL roster as well. I, I do value that a little bit higher than 
you know, the the smash CFF production because I can get solid CFF production later. Maybe it's not the ceiling of Taylor, but I don't have to pay that Taylor price tag right now. Taylor gang. I'm interested. I don't really exactly know where he's going to end up going. Probably third or fourth round if I had to guess Taylor, um, which feels right for him. If you go look at some of the players that are uh, going around that range right now uh, in drafts. Uh, our third running back, and I believe it's my RB six or seven overall, is Cameron Davis, who's going to Florida State. Um, Wildcat quarterback for the most part. Man, they love school. those Wildcat. Guys. They do, man. They freaking <laughs> love it. Um, who have they had there recently? Um, Tofili was. Tofili. Yeah, I feel like they had somebody else there too who was a Wildcat guy. Was um, Cam Akers a Wildcat? Yes, he was. Different regime, but uh, um, and potentially my favorite high school Wildcat quarterback of all time. Jerome Ford, um, mm. who, who played a lot of Wildcat, but I, I was a pretty big fan of him coming out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what he does. He's been a little difficult. You, a lot of the clips that our team has kind of honed in on that that have him ranked where we, we have him overall is because he goes to some a lot of the camps and stuff and gets to play running back and, you know, runs good routes and has good hands and, and looks like, a, you know, looks the part. Um, Colin, where do you have Cameron Davis? Uh, so I am lower on Davis. So I, I don't really watch the camp stuff, to be honest. And and maybe I should. Um, but I, I am lower on Cameron Davis. He is my RB6 in this class. Um, right now, I would probably slot him in uh, probably right in the same range that I have, like Phil Maffa, Kedrick Riscano. So like RB31, 32. Um, I think there's a lot to like about Cameron Davis's profile athletically. Um, and if, you know, he's looking as good as they say in camps, maybe I'm a little too low on him here, but, uh, I do think Florida state will present a nice opportunity for him there. Cause they have like, they have my guy, um, Lawrence Toffili, they have Roydell Williams. I think both those guys are probably just about out of eligibility if they're not after next year. So Davis should enter with an opportunity to, um, take control of this backfield at, in, at the, in the near future. And it's a rushing offense that we know we like um, with Norvell. So, you know, I, I, maybe I'm a little low on him in the 30s, in like the high 30s there, 31, 32. Where do you have him? I have him 35th right now. Okay. And I have him in a bunch with um, some of those running backs that like we just haven't like we think they're good and we've seen a little bit of it, but we're not sure yet. And by, I have uh, TJ Harden in there, Caden Fegan, Cameron Davis, Abu Sama at Iowa State. I have Dante Dowdle in there, uh, Makai Hughes, or I think is how you say his name, at mm -hmm. uh, Tulane. Um, that's that's the grouping that I have him in right now. Um, Mafa, Jonah Coleman, LJ Martin, kind of like just behind him a little bit. Um, so like mid-30s. Um, and there are a couple guys ahead of him. You know, if Syracuse's offense looks like it's a disaster this year, like when Allen could drop behind him. I do have Donovan Edwards at RB31 right now. Okay. I, I thought I, I was not taking him at 29. I don't know yeah. what to do with him. I, I I legitimately have no idea. Um, so some other guys in that range that, you know, you we could we, maybe he could he could be moving around with, but I, I feel comfortable with him in that range. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're fairly, fairly much on the same page there. Um, you said he's like your RB, what, like six or seven or so? 
somewhere around there. I don't have my my yeah. my ranking right in front of me here. And I did bump him up a spot. Well, I bumped one or two guys down today as I was kind of putting in, kind of adjusting some some final rankings here as I'm starting to go through and, and solidify. And so he he was the beneficiary there. He bumped up a couple spots, I believe. Let me just let me let me look here what I did with him. So here, here was one of the, the conundrums that I had today without going into like a totally different conversation. So for weeks, I've had Johan Cardenas. For months, actually, I've had him as like at worst, like the RB3 or 4 in the class. He's very athletic. He's going to Vanderbilt, kind of like one of those diamonds in the roughs that they've been finding lately, um, like uber athlete, one of the more athletic backs in the class. He's pretty good. But I'm sitting here like, why? I don't think I can like – consciously put Vanderbilt running back at like RB4. This <laughs> is like bad process, even if I think he's talented. Um, so I ended up bumping Cardenas down a little bit. So yeah, Davis is now number six um, for me okay. overall. So, but it's not like uh like, he's not like he's graded out like amazingly. That's just where he's landed. Okay. Who's your, who's your RB3 then? James Peoples. He's going ah, to Ohio. Okay. okay. And I have Taylor Tatum four, Jordan Marshall, Michigan five are my top top guys there. Okay, uh, I have Tatum three, uh, Peoples four, Frazier five. Yeah, Frazier eight. I don't think he's. I don't know sure he's actually like a good running back at all, but he's got good hands. So kind yeah. of kind of a tough decision. Good hands, good size. Yeah, um, decent athlete. All right, the other running back, as you mentioned, was Taylor Tatum, who's going to Oklahoma. He's my he's my RB4. He's our consensus RB4, um, and he's kind of the cutoff here. So I figured he would be the last guy we talk about here tonight. We'll talk about so many more of these guys as the offseason goes on. Don't you worry about that, everybody. Um, Tatum, um, yeah, I mean, go, going to Oklahoma, that backfield is suddenly pretty empty. Um I think people think that Gavin Sawchuk probably has a role there as kind of a little bit more of an undersized slasher. Um, Marcus hey, Major is gone. You're going to get a message about that too, man. He's up to almost 200 pounds. Yeah, after undersized. he's after he's eaten a a, a buffet for two hours and <laughs> hasn't taken a, you know, yeah, maybe he's close to 200. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe that. Um, so I think Tatum is kind of more of an all arounder. Uh, I know a big wide receiver guy behind the scenes. I don't, I don't know if he's dropped this comp on the show or not. I don't remember. Has kind of said he kind of reminds him a little bit of Miles Sanders. Oh, like okay. He's a little. He's kind of soft. Yeah. Like he's not like a super physical runner. Mm-hmm. Kind of finessey, but um, like a a really good player overall. And actually, it's it's funny. Miles Sanders. Side note. Um, so I I live in Pittsburgh. My whole family mm-hmm. like is from Pittsburgh, and some of them still live here. Some of them don't. Uh, my uncle um, is a big like high school football guy. He goes to a lot of games. He says Miles Sanders is the best high school player that he's ever watched in this area um, by a pretty decent margin. He he is a big Miles Sanders guy. Um, so, um, so that's a that's a fun side note. But yeah, that's kind of the kind of the, the player Tatum is. So he's good, but it's like is he spectacular? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think I think he's an interesting player overall. Colin, where do you have him ranked? Uh, so I have this cluster of freshman running backs as Tatum, Peoples, and Frazier um, together. I have them right around like RB 22, 23, 24. Um, tw- like in that group is Taj Brooks, TJ Harden, Jaden Ott, uh, LaQuint Allen. So that's kind of an odd grouping for them to be with because those guys are more proven CFF guys. Um, But I can't decide whether I want 
this group to be ahead of those guys because I do think all three of Tatum, Peoples, and Frazier probably have higher ceilings than the players that I listed there, but I think the floor is much lower. Um, so I kind of struggle going back and forth with where exactly I'm going to put them. They could be as high as 22 or as low as like 25. Yeah, so I have I have Eziamume, Peoples, and Tatum as 23, 24, 25. So they're just all okay. right beside each other. I think that's about that's about right. You know, I, I wouldn't take them over any of the proven guys. Um, but once you start getting into some of those iffy, you know, like what what is Jordan James? We I don't know that we really know what Jordan James is, even though we kind of like him. What is what is Parker Jenkins? I, I think actually I, I kind of like Parker Jenkins at Houston, but what is he? Like I'm not sure we really mm-hmm. know yet. I, I'm comfortable taking some of these guys above kind of those that level of player okay yeah i get that um i so i don't know if you do something similar to what i do so early on like when i first put freshmen into rankings and i do the same thing with like rookies on the on the nfl side um i typically put them in in clusters so like i'm like okay this is like a tier of guys so i'll put them together in like where i kind of feel like they slot in and then you know in like a week two weeks or whatever i'll kind of go back and i'll be like you know what i do think i should move Eziamume down a couple of spots or i do think i should move taylor tatum um peoples and frazier that group down a couple of spots so like i'll kind of put them in in tiers and then stretch them out a little bit and move them around a little bit more individually like as the off season goes on do you kind of do that similar or do you just Cause you grade them straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, so actually, this is actually like a, a really bad year. If you're not a wide receiver for me to like, like usually if you're a tier one player in your class, like you're going like top eight, 10, um, but just a rough year overall for the running backs. Um, I, I guess kind of do that, I guess. Okay. And then you kind of just shake it out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess not quite the same way, but yeah, I mean, I'm not like, elements oh, of that you process. know rb50 for sure uh and this guy's rb58 like yeah I, I, you do kind of put them you know i think generally my rankings this time of the year are very bucket yeah driven and then you're kind of trying to separate the buckets with more information as the offseason goes on yeah okay i just wanted to see if you do the same similar yeah um wide receivers um we have uh four top guys that we're going to discuss here tonight uh our top four here at the website uh michael hudson um, going to Texas Tech, a uh, five-star kid, uh, really, really interesting. You know, it's been a while. Luther Burden, and I think you could argue Missouri is a much better program than Texas Tech. Like, it's it, we haven't really had a guy do what he's doing at the wide receiver position in quite a few years in terms of, you know, going to a, a little bit of a lower program to make sure he's getting on the field immediately. Um, Torch, high-end high Texas high school football. Um, dude's a menace. Um, probably somewhere on the Stefan Diggs, you know, Malik neighbors, like, you know, stylistic train um, there. I, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, comp for him uh, in terms of, of, of type of player he is. Um, with the kind of uncertainty of wide receiver, Colin, where are we putting them? So uh, this is another one where I kind of have like clusters uh, with um, Hudson in there, in, in that tier one cluster for me. But I have him slotting in right behind um tet mcmillan for me right now which would be my wide receiver six so he was live yeah i have burden well i have stewart burden egg 
Cornell Tate. I'd rather have Tet than Ekbuka and Tate. Fair enough. Um, it's not. I don't have a, a strong. You know, it's not like I am gonna sit here and pound the table for Ekbuka and Tate over McMillan. I get the under. I get the logic there. They're ranked very closely for me. Right. Um, but that's kind of where that like tear break is for me. Uh, the six currently is Zachariah Branch. Um, so I would slot like Hudson in that group, like right above him. So like put him at my wide receiver six, like in that group, I actually have somebody ranked ahead of Hudson, uh, in this class, but those guys would be in that group. Interesting. I have Hudson at, um, five. I have him behind Stewart, Burden, Tet, Zachariah Branch. That's it. Hmm, okay. You're a little lower on the Ohio State guys. Yeah, I have Hud I have I so I mean just I have Hudson, Jeremiah Smith, Ryan Williams back to back to back here, and then I have Egg Booker okay, Tate. There you go. So Same. yeah, they're right there. Okay. So I mean our our top that's gonna end up being top nine, I think, but it's basically the same group. It's just ordered different slightly differently. I have Jeremiah Smith uh at six, Hudson at seven, Ryan Williams eight, Zachariah Branch nine. And I don't feel all that strongly about like Hudson, Smith, Williams over branch. Like they're all very close to me in that group. And then once you get after that, that's kind of where it drops. Yeah, it's fair. I think branch was showed enough this year at USC. You know, he's pretty versatile. How many did he, he didn't hit all the year one zero stuff. Did he? I think he did. I think he hit all, did he hit all eight. Um, and he was close. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to put a ton of guys over him. Um, really, you start I mean, you start getting into the calculus of like who's closer to the NFL. Like mm-hmm. that starts yeah. becoming like a, a factor. Yeah, there. And, and I mean, um, as so. like I said, as as the offseason shakes out and I shake out the tiers a little bit there, like Branch might climb up ahead of all of those guys. He might climb up ahead of one, two. I'm not exactly sure, but I do feel pretty confident that that's where that tier break is going to be for me. Okay, interesting. Interesting indeed. Um, Jeremiah Smith and Ryan Williams. I mean, we, we both just said, you know, we, we kind of have them in that spot too. Jeremiah Smith going to Ohio State. Ryan Williams, who reclassified up a year. We talked about him the past couple weeks. Um, actually decided to go to Alabama. So um like that a lot. Uh, odds that he is Alabama's leading receiver this year? Uh, 30%. I'm going to say 60%. Ooh, that's spicy. 60%. That's spicy. I mean, I, I I don't hate that at all by any means. Um, I think Jalen Hale, Jeremy Bernard are, are good wide receivers, but I think Ryan Williams is a better talent. So I don't hate that. I just think the established Bernard in the system Hale at Alabama. They each have a, at least a year under their belt. I think it's going to help give him a little bit of a leg up, but I don't know. He, him coming in kind of reminds me of Xavier Worthy, Worthy heading into Texas. And I'm not like, like, I think they're kind of comparable players. I think Williams is probably naturally a little more talented, but like stylistically, like they're both a little softer. They're both insanely fast. I think Williams probably has a little bit more flexibility and knows how to use it. Um, and they both kind of have some ball skill issues depending on the day. Um, but I think, I, I think it's very comparable situations in terms of kind of walking in there and they don't really have a guy 
Um, I think he okay. can, That's fair. can be that guy pretty quickly. So um, that that's, I'm going to say 60% chance that he leads them in receiving this year. And everyone will have forgotten by the time the December rolls around. So if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. And if I'm right, I'll remember and I'm going to bring it up. So it's going to get clipped. Yeah, Felix will probably clip it. <laughs> or Matt and his doomsday binder where if he doesn't hit the button at midnight or whatever, <laughs> all our stuff gets released to the masses. Um, yeah, all right. And then uh, TJ Moore is the last one here. Um, and I think after those top three, I think you kind of start seeing some of us have like other favorites sprinkling in. Like Perry Thompson's my wide receiver four, but I don't think anybody else has him there. Uh, you've got TJ Moore. I know some of us like Mylon Graham, although I don't know that anyone has uh Mylon Graham uh quite in that range anymore um not like we've killed him or anything but I think he's dropped a little bit um so TJ Moore going to Clemson had himself a really nice all-star um uh circuit uh practice in game uh Colin where do you have TJ Moore uh so I have TJ Moore in my next cluster of wide receivers there but uh, that cluster I have a little bit harder of a time placing that group because like I said, once you get outside of those top now nine was um, six, but once you get out of that group, it's just a big mash of players that I like, but have some pretty major question marks. Like I have all three of the Texas wide receivers in that group. Um, I have Deuce Robinson, Makai Lemon in that group. I have Antonio Williams in that group. Uh, Barry and Brown, Travis Hunter uh, are in that cluster as well. So they're going to slot TJ Moore and that next group are going to slot in that group somewhere. I don't know exactly where yet. So right now I would probably put them at the end of that group. So at wide receiver, it would be wide receivers 16 ish right after Antonio Williams. But again, I don't really know what to do with Antonio Williams. So that's very fluid for me. I have more at wide receiver 12 right behind Perry Thompson. Okay. So Perry Thompson uh, is in that cluster for me. Yep. Good play. I have um, Jonte cook in that grouping as well. I have Jonte cook at 10 currently. Like I said, I still have to actually officially put these freshmen in here. So that'll end up bumping him down to 13 and that'll bump. Williams down to like 18 or so. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. But yeah, like I said, it just, that's so ambiguous right there in that group that I, I totally understand putting TJ Moore, Perry Thompson in that group. And then I also have Cam Coleman and Jojo trader. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I have trader, 18 behind Deuce Robinson, Matthew Golden, Travis Hunter. And then I have um, uh, Coleman right behind him uh, at 20. I have Barry and Brown sandwiched between those two players. And then Eugene Wilson, Jalen Hale. So that's why I was saying like you, Wilson and Hale were getting bumped up there a little artificially this offseason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have, I have Wilson, Badger, Hale, Elijah Badger still in that group. Can't quit Badger. It's a little, little rich, but okay. It's a little aggressive. Yeah. But yeah, again, artificially getting pumped up because I didn't love the other guys there. Badger's gonna be a fifth year guy next year, right? That that's concerning. Um he is because he's the same tough. class as a Dunze. Yeah. He didn't play it all that first year because they yeah. had dynamic eligibility yeah. issues or whatever. Yeah, I forgot he didn't play. Yeah. So yeah, he will end up being a fifth year guy. That is a little concerning. Yeah. 
we'll see. All right. All right. Um, well, let's do our freshman profiles here real quick, Colin, and then we're uh, we're gonna get the people out of here. Cool. Uh, well, my freshman profile is a guy that we mentioned in our freshman ranking segment. That's James Peoples, running back, going to Ohio State. Um, he's already got a pretty solid build right around 200 pounds. I think he's going to be able to get to like 210. Um, so I think he'll be able to be a pretty good weight. Um, he's fast. So he's clocked at 21.8 miles per hour. And you do see that speed on the field as well. He breaks several long runs. He accelerates well, gets to top speed quickly. Uh, and I also think he has a, a good change of direction skills. Uh, so he has a pretty good athletic skill set overall. Um, vision wise, I think he's got solid vision, picks up, you know, pick his way through traffic at the line of scrimmage. I think he's much better setting up blocks in the open field, though. Um, my biggest concern right now with people's is well one he suffered the hamstring injury early in his senior year seemed to bounce back from that seems to be kind of back um because he had he was in the all-star circuit as well so it seems to put that behind him uh but hamstring injuries do linger a little bit so you know we'll see how that shakes out in spring but uh, my biggest concern as a player with him is his contact and the power contact balance and power um he doesn't lower his pad level that well he lacks the pop behind his pad i think it's going to struggle he's going to struggle with that in in the big 10 so at least early in his career i think he's better off going to be a change of pace back he's got you know pretty good experience as a pass catcher who's used out of the backfield used downfield so i think that'll be the, his role early on especially with travion and quinshawn there like that's going to probably be the only way people seize the field early on is if they decide they want to get him some receiving work, but Travion and, and Quinshawn are both good receiving backs as well. So I, I don't know that I see people's getting more than like a handful of snaps this year, but that backfield will clear out. Yeah. That's the nice part, right? That backfield after this year, you lose Travion and, and Quinshawn and then probably, you know, Dallin Hayden, him. And, you know, I think this is kind of an all in year. I don't expect next year Ohio state to be as active in the portal. I wouldn't yeah. say they're going to go out and get, I don't know, in, in, insert, you know, rising third year back who we all like, um, you know, there. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a one year sit, maybe a, a second year rotation and then maybe third year uh, hit the ground running. Yeah, but I think long run um, people's athleticism and receiving ability will give him the ability to make an NFL roster. Is he going to be the type of guy that'll be like a lead back? And can he be a difference maker for your NFL team? I think he's got to get better between the tackles and improve his power. To, to really see that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, for mine tonight, I chose an interesting player, one who I don't even have ranked th that highly, but I, I find him extremely interesting. That's Terry Bussey, who is, depending on where you look, the number one athlete in the class. Um, there was some debate. You know, he was a quarterback in high school, and then there was like, does he play DB or wide receiver in high school and college? It sounds like he wants to play wide receiver so usually you know you're going to get that kind of deference at least for a year maybe maybe a, a year and a spring and if it's not looking so good um you, you can convince him to switch so he's a little bit of more of a a, a risky prospect here but bussy five ten and a half 190 pounds is what he weighed in at at uh one of the all-star all-american games so um, really nice size there um and really you know there there's basically no wide receiver tape of him outside of that 
that week and a little bit at camp. So that that's really what we have to go off of. And that's actually the first note that I have in my notes on, on like my actual, you know, giant spreadsheet of notes that I keep. There's zero wide receiver tape for the most part going off of athletic attributes here. Luckily for him, according to our database, he's a 94th percentile athlete. Got 93rd percentile speed score and 81st percentile burst. Um, his his close comps in our database uh, include, uh, you know, our, our database at campstcant.com spits out like six or seven guys. Includes Percy Harvin, Jahan Dodson, John Ross, Corey Coleman, Jalen Rager, and Henry Ruggs. Now Oof. you can argue about the efficacy of some of those guys in the NFL. Uh, per- Harvin was amazing. Hot Dodson's been pretty good. I think Ruggs would have been a pretty good NFL player had he not um, made some really bad life decisions. So, um, you know, that, that's the level of athlete this kid is. We got to see a little bit of wide receiver. I think the practices were very telling. He's really still figuring out the position. And I was talking with, I think, David about this. David was kind of posting clips to our, our Slack as, as the, the practices and stuff were going. And it's like, this guy doesn't even, I don't want to say doesn't know how to play wide receiver, but like, the route running tempo he has like that is not a developed skill yet for him he like for instance if he needs to you know if he needs to make some sort of a break in his route stem he opens his hips way too early and it doesn't matter because he's so athletic that he just gets to the spot first anyway he's like not even selling the fake that well doesn't matter just a great athlete he's got pretty strong hands like i've actually been pretty impressed with him overall from that perspective. So I think, you know, he's a lot of projection, Texas A&M, they lost a lot of receivers this off season. They don't really bring in anybody else. They actually, they do have a low, another lower rated guy that I, I like quite a bit in this year's class. But like, I think this is the, an opportunity for him to actually go someplace and have a long leash early because there's not a lot else in front of him. That's going to keep him from the field. So again, he's my wide receiver 27 speaks a little bit to how strong this class is overall, that that's where I have him. And I could see myself bumping him up a few more spots uh, before uh, all, all is said and done here in my final rankings. But he, he's a really interesting player. Um, I think he's going to go early in, in in drafts, quite frankly. So I might be out at cost, but I am, uh, as we get more freshman data, I'm, I'm interested to see where he ends up going. You know, listed still as an athlete on the services, maybe people uh, forget about him if they're just going off the 24-7s rankings or whatever. And uh, actually, so I, and I should say, he is actually not signed to Texas A&M yet, um, but he is committed there, and all the crystal ball guys have him still going there. So I'm assuming he's going to sign by National Signing Day, which is February something coming up. I Yeah, I haven't really watched um, Bussy much, to be honest, because I was kind of under the assumption that he was going to be playing defensive back. So I was like, I'm not really going to worry about it. But... So it sounds like he is going to like, he does sound like he wants to play receiver and he did play receiver in that uh, all America game. I don't remember mm-hmm. which one, if it was under armor or the other one, I can never remember. Yeah. It's like the under armor all America game or the all America game. I don't know. Um, but he played wide receiver in that one and, and seemed to do well. And he got a lot of, you know, positive reports out of camp. So I feel like we do need to take him seriously as a wide receiver at this point. So he's a guy that I am looking forward to watching. Yeah. Yeah, interesting player. Anytime, I mean, those those comps are coming up. And the, the top comp for him is this guy named Philip Riley out of Florida State. Draft year was 1996. So I actually am not familiar <laughs> with this player, but like we not like the the official guys have built this database from scratch. Mm-hmm. So if they have a name in there that's like this, that has an 
apparently a 94th percentile athletic score overall or close to it. Um, they were probably an exceptional athlete and stood out in some way. And that's why these guys went back and like pulled their data. Cause we do have some old guys like, um, Barry, uh, we Sanders. Have, like, Barry Sanders is in there. Um, uh, who's the guy that was at Georgia and then he tried to run for office, but he was Herschel like, Walker. Really stupid. Yeah. Herschel Walker. Um, there's like Sharp a in there. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of like older guys in there that were like top tier athletes to kind of give some perspective on some of these guys as you start getting closer. Cause there was somebody in last year's class that measured out to a, he was like Herschel Walker. It was uh, Roderick Robinson, I think. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to punch that in real quick. Uh, available at campuscan.com. I believe uh, scholarship or up tier, I believe is where it's available. I don't believe it's yes. available at our scholarship or up. So $4.99 um, to $4.99. If you are only interested in recruiting stuff, um, we do have a recruiting package and it is included in that, which is yeah. $2.99. Yeah, so apparently he doesn't show up on here. Uh, it might be Cam Selden. I bet it's Cam Selden that he is on his athletic comps. That um, would make sense too, because Cam Selden, Roderick Robinson was the like 220 pound guy who ran like a 22 miles an hour. Is that? Yeah, I mean his list is bonkers too. But here's Cam Selden's. Um, Latavius Murray's on it, which like you joke, but like Latavius Murray, Murray is like a freaking insane athlete. That's how he's yeah. lasted in the NFL for so long. Matt Forte, Adrian Peterson, Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Beanie <laughs> Wells, David Johnson. <laughs> but here's a reason people are holding Cam Selden this offseason. Um, and that's a large part of it. Um, so not a lot of guys are that big and that fast, uh, just quite frankly, overall. So, all right, well, that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. As always, thanks for tuning in here. Make sure you're checking out Canton Bound, the other half of the flagship pod here, and all the other shows that we have here on the network, Chasing the Natty, Back to Debbie, Debbie Debate, um, and then um, the CFB Winning Edge pod, which does make an appearance in the official, um, all, all on there, all throughout the week. Check out the YouTube page. Again, check out campustocanton.com. We're starting to hit that time of the year, guys. Um, you know, membership as little as $2.99 a month. $29.99 a year. Uh, obviously, some some tiers ahead of that. You can go ahead over to the website, check out all the perks that come with those. If you have been a longtime listener, you just appreciate listening to us, you know, just sign up for that $2.99 a month. You know, it's you won't even notice it's gone. It's going to, you know, us to help us build the website to help mm -hmm. keep building yeah. what we're doing. Um, Cup of coffee. So exactly. It's even less than that. It's even less than that. It is actually, depending on where you get the coffee. Yeah. I brew my coffee at home. So I yeah. uh I have no reference point. But. Are you a uh, Keurig or an espresso guy? Um, like neither. I just have like a old drip machine. Not old, but I just have like a drip machine that I use. Uh, you're a drip coffee guy. Yeah. Just uh, make okay. a big pot of it. It started, uh, I guess it's the end of the show, you know, whatever. People don't have to listen to this. It started during <laughs> um, the bar exam where I would drink like two pots of coffee a day um, and it's kind of just gone forward from there. So. Uh. Do you, do you, I'm hoping you still don't drink that much no. coffee. Okay. Oh my God, no. That that three month span took about three years off my life. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, uh, that's gonna do it for this week's show. We'll see you next week, guys. Have a good one.